welcome our fellow lovers of love down this excursion through the stream of consciousness towards the river of tranquility and on towards the la the lake of love. I almost had it. God, I screwed it up. <laughs> so close. You were so close. <laughs> and I blew the word lake, which is kind of ironic because we are sitting near the shores of South Lake Tahoe. We can literally step outside of this lovely camper and and gaze onto the lake. Now, granted, it's a hundred yards away, but it's still, you know, a, a, a lakeside view. Yes, we get a wonderful view of the lake, and we are on vacation this week, so we don't know. We kind of doubt this thing is going to go a whole hour. Because we're on vacation, we did nothing this week for planning. We're going to wing it, but we figured we'd talk about vacations and family and the very things that why we're here and spending time with those you love and you know why that's important you know it's it's important that you spend time with people you care about people you love whether it's family or you know, your close friends or you know some things are more important than well that's the wrong way to say it there are times Various things have different importance because, you know, there's some family members who can't be here because of a recent career change. And now is not a good time, you know, to go taking off for a week's vacation or two weeks vacation. And, you know, on times like that when you have to make that kind of a sacrifice, and that is a sacrifice. You know, saying I can't go on vacation with my family because, you know, a career change right now is more important. And there's times that that happens. But in the general scope of life, you know, you need, we need to make family, friends, those people who care about us, more important. And I think a lot of us do. We accidentally take this for granted. Accidentally, yes. Yeah. We don't do it on purpose. I mean, there are people who do it on purpose, but we're not talking about those. They have psychological issues. We're talking about your average person. They don't do it on purpose. Lives are busy, and they don't get a chance to think about it. And because they don't, you know, go on vacations to just sit around with family, you don't get a chance to reframe it. And a lot of it's expense. You know, it's expensive. We didn't do this by ourselves. You know, it's uh, the hard work of generations, generations past, those who care about you and care about you know, the long-term implications of closeness. So how many years has your family been doing this? Every year for how long? Well, let's see. We didn't get to go last year. There's been a couple years where we didn't get to go. But it's been, we've had some kind of family trip in the summer where we go off and, and let's see the, the patriarch and matriarch of the family will set up a camping site somewhere Yosemite you know up in the you know, somewhere on the shores of South Lake Tahoe you know it varies it had settled on Lake Tahoe for a number of years simply because it's easiest for people to come and go because we live down in Sacramento and so it's, people can come up for a couple days and go down and come back, you know, just for the weekends if that's what their work schedule permits. You can't really do that with Yosemite. 
Right. Yosemite is a big commitment. But I don't know. For as long as I can remember. And so that's my oldest child is 30 now. 30. No. Yeah, 30. 31. 31. He told me he was 31. Yeah, well, hey, come on. I, I'd be happy I can under contemplate that he's in the threes of the <laughs> double digits. <laughs> you know, it's still hard for me to believe I'm mature enough to have a 30-year-old child, let alone a 31-year-old child. It's... <laughs> you know, time flies fast, and I don't remember a time when we didn't do something. Or at least try to do something. And so while it may not be all 30 years, it's pretty damn close. At least 20. Now in a sense, some people would say we're lucky, but that's not luck. That's years and decades of dedication and hard work. And my people who eventually knew it would pay off. In a sense, we're riding coattails. And, you know, we're greatly appreciated about that. You know, we don't ignore it. You know, because you can't. Right. But not everybody can. You know, monetary success is different than life success. They can often come together, but one doesn't necessarily follow with the other. You can have people who are completely failures at life, but make lots of money. But every other aspect of their life is a complete and utter disaster. You have no personal lives. You have no family connections. You know, when they die... Yeah, he had a lot of money, and he can give it away to philanthropy or whatever, but he's, there's no family. Yeah, I find that sad. But, it is. well, we think it is, because we... We value family. We value family. And maybe they didn't know any other way. Especially if people came from a really poor background, and they worked themselves to be this super rich person and that's just because they all they knew or maybe their family's type A they're type A and that's all they know and they never took the time to do some introspection and become a fuller human being and you know that's sad but if you never knew I mean if that chase if the chase made them happy if the chase for monetary success you happy, what right does anybody have to tell you not to? You know, how much judgment? I can't do that. Every time in my life I have chased monetary success, I've come out worse than I was before. You know, it's because that's not where my, I'm going against my nature when I do that. What I have to do is find something that fits my nature that also pays me, which is why we're trying to do that. And if you guys want to help, you can go to Anchor FM and donate to us you can do that and we would appreciate yes, we that we appreciate that we'll sneak that segue in <laughs> but you know we have to find some more a different way to become monetarily successful because you know the type a personality route it's not going to work for us no it's not going to work for me that doesn't mean we can't do it yeah yeah it just means we have to find our own path and it's a little harder, but at the same time, it fits our nature. Yes. And I guess maybe that's the whole point. Is you know, it's you fit your nature. 
Because what happens when people who don't have a desire for monetary wealth, but they kind of try, they're spending their whole lives trying to work outside the nature, how can you be successful? You end up failing because you're not being true to yourself. So you might get short-term monetary, but eventually you're going to crash and burn because you're being... your true self and eventually that catches up to everybody yes it does maybe not right away but it will catch up to you but you've been coming here for 11 years now yes or 10 maybe 10 no the first couple years I did every other so you could spend time with your children um and then they uh, grown and uh, started having schedules of their own, and and so I started coming every year now. So, what kind of? It's an interesting. Did you growing up have these kind of family events? So maybe you can kind of put a different perspective on it. Because we've always had this. We traveled the. When I was a kid, we stuck everybody in the camper and traveled the country when we drove across the continent. So this is kind of natural for me. No, it's not natural <laughs> for me. Uh, we didn't do a lot of traveling. Uh, I've been to Denmark twice as a child. We went to Niagara Falls. Uh, we went on a on a one of those driving excursions where you, my mom let us pick, okay, here we go, we're at an intersection, which do we go, left or right? Right, okay, yay, we're going to go right. Just drive for a while, and then, oh, let's turn left, okay, let's turn left. And we ended up in West Virginia. And so, uh, camping is, is not something that we did we didn't do a yearly thing it was a, it was when we had the money <laughs> yeah well sadly that's kind of how a lot of people have to do it it's when they can find the money <clears throat> and in a sense it's sad because it's getting more and more expensive it when we were kids you literally didn't even need a campsite you could just go find some place to put up a campsite and you could dry camp essentially Mm -hmm. really easily and now it still can you can still go around and do free camping and dry camping and that kind of thing it's just much harder than it was back in my day you could do all kinds of things you can't do nowadays i feel like an old man you know what is that thing old man you know shakes fist at, at wind you know like, yeah, back in my day you feel like that sometimes but you know in a sense you can kind of try, understand why we put more regulations on these things. But on the other side, sometimes I don't think we realize what we've lost when we do that. We didn't understand what we were giving up. Freedom. Well, it's not just freedom. It's the ability for poor people to engage in these types of behavior. If you remove the ability to free camp, then a poor person doesn't have the ability to ability to go camping is lessened. Mm -hmm. You need all kinds of gear. You need all, I mean, you need all kinds of gear anyway, but you can borrow that. But now you've got to plan 
months out in advance, get reservations, pay for that, leave deposits, and it's get permits. And you know what, poor person who just got a five hundred dollar bonus because they, you know, wants to go spend it has time for that. But anyway, that's the whole, it's just, it's sad of what we miss. It's our ability to go out and engage in this kind of behavior with the help we get makes me conscious of those who don't have the opportunity. Yes. We don't have the chance to spend that unstructured time in any way. There's a lot of time when you're camping that is unstructured. Oh, sure. Why? Especially when you're kids, but while you're, the adults are out, you know, making dinner, and your kids got an hour and a half to just kind of play in the dirt. And how many kids these days who grow up in the inner cities know about playing in the dirt? Just occupying the time with a stick and some dirt. And you know that. Boys will play with a stick and some dirt. I saw it happen. You told me it was going to happen. I took my grandson out, and he came across this thing of twigs, and he goes, hey, great, and he starts playing. I couldn't believe it. I know boys. <laughs> All boys need is a stick and some dirt. Mud's even better, but dirt is fine. Now, don't like it when you have to clean them up at the end of the day, but... Boys just need a stick and some dirt. It's a, it's a funny thing. But you know what we did forget to do? We forgot to leave spot for a, a break because we didn't put uh, ourselves on a clock. I have no idea how long we've been chatting. I have no idea either. So what we're going to do is we're going to create our quick break right now. And we're back. Thank you for joining us on the other side of this week's show on vacation. You can catch us at latenightlove.us, even though this week it probably won't get updated very much because the internet is terrible up here, which is why you're getting us recorded live. I know that's a oxymoron, but we are coming to you recorded live this week. And there's another big thing. What's that? I'm on camera. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's, she's like poked her face into the thing only like twice before, and now you've got her... Lovey and her true self. We didn't even mention that. For those of you who are on the podcast, see what you're missing out by not catching us on our live shows. Every now and again, the beautiful Lovey will make an appearance. And we also might have uh, do some recording around the campfire later this week. Oh, great. Catch some of those uh, conversations around the campfire. Excellent. For next week's show. So next week's show is going to be, these next couple shows are going to be a little interesting because... A, our internet is terrible up here, and I don't know where I'm going to get this uploaded, but I'll figure that out. Um, that's, that's tomorrow's problem. <laughs> that's tomorrow's problem. Tonight's problem was getting it to be recorded. It's, we've been trying all day to try and figure out if I could get a signal somewhere, and there are places right next to the lakeside where the, the cell signal's great, but... It's so close to the highway that we just get... We, we, we just get the noise from the highway. You just get too much highway noise. Yeah. So, unless you wanted to go out and record at like midnight. <laughs> but, I guess. Yeah, well, you can do that during the week, but you can't do that here on the weekends. Yeah. There are too many drunks running around. Too many partiers. 
But hey, it's a part, you know, it's a resort town. What do you, what do you expect? <laughs> Not a resort town on a weekend. It's going to be a resort town on a weekend. But on weekends, we just hang around the campsite. We don't do anything. I read a lot. We go and do, we go do stuff. What Amy is it? Amy Tan this year. We do stuff Monday to like Wednesday. You get your stuff done. If you're, if you're ever in a resort town that gets really busy, you do all the stuff. Really, if you really want to do all this stuff, you go Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And even that, but Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then a little bit Thursday morning. And then you get, put yourself back in because the weekend people start showing up Thursday night. Yes, they do. And there's still some stragglers. There's still some that come in, like Saturday, Sunday, Monday, which is why Monday morning is about to start from Monday afternoon to Thursday afternoon. So you can do stuff Thursday morning, but you don't want to be out Thursday afternoon. Right. Yeah. Unless you don't mind crowds. You know, if you're one of those people who get up with the crowds and you like to enjoy the party and things show up on a weekend and knock yourself out Tahoe's got lots of great places right along the beach right along the lake lots of great little towns lot of great places live music you hear it all over the place now for us hermits you know it's, it's <laughs> we like to drive by and look hey look at all that <laughs> oh look at all the people yeah look at all that from our little cave this windows that's we drive through the cave with windows but it's but that's, you know, another thing is the different experiences, what vacation means to different people. You know, some people want to go to the beach and hang out and, you know, suntan. Some people like to sit at the campsite and read. Personally, I like to sleep for like three days and then, and then, uh... Some people like a staycation. Some people like to sightsee around in their town. Yeah. Well, and also... You got, but I mean, you got, I don't understand some of this. People come with their mountain bikes and they go off on their mountain biking. You're going to get home more tired than you are when you left. I don't understand that. I don't, I don't understand. Well, apparently, I've heard of this. <laughs> that your mother is one. That they get, they exercise and they feel energized afterwards. And they feel good. After they've taken their Motrin or their Tylenol, so all their sore muscles don't hurt anymore. Yeah, yeah. Just saying. <laughs> you know, and all their Bengay and all their muscle rubs and all the various, you know, you have to put on your knee braces and yeah, yeah, yeah. I have enough problems with my knees and achy muscles and tummy and all that. So thank you. I want to go home from vacation more rested than when I left. That's the whole point for me. For you. For me. Yes. Some people like to go boating. Some people just like to hang out at the beach. Some people want to go hiking, bike riding, you know, see whatever, go to the local clubs, eat at the local restaurants, whatever their personal thing is. If you're a foodie, you love coming to these places because there's a million little dive restaurants you could you know, it all have the unique flavor. And I suppose that's the great thing about these kind of you know, these touristy towns. Because they have, actually do have a little something for everybody. Everybody, yes, they do. Now, in the winter up here, it's all skiers. 
<laughs> yeah, yes. it's all winter's Well, we, I haven't been up. I've been up here a few times in the winter. And uh, it's, it's, it is, it's just scared. Well, and, I mean, yeah, there's snowboarders in it, but it's the same thing. Yeah, yeah. That snowboarder skiers, that, that is the same. And it gets packed up here. Yeah, it's insane. But, and it's insanely expensive. Now you're going, how do these people afford it? Because I know some of these people who come up here, and I know some of them can't afford to be doing this. They're going, how do you afford this? But I guess it matters. They care that much about it, so they make do. They save the, their nickels and dimes over the rest of the over the rest of the year, and have enough money for some trips skiing. Yeah, yeah. I guess if it means that much to them, they've figured it out. Which is a strange thing. Cause, you know, I, when I was a kid, I'd ski, but I was never that good. And it was never something that was that interesting that I wanted to do it all the time. But I was more interested in basketball. But, I've never been skiing. You fall a lot. Yeah, it's no, cold. No, thank you. Yeah, it's cold. I'm from Ohio. I know snow. I, I, I've been in snow and cold weather before. It's not my favorite. No. Well, I don't like driving in, in the snow. I don't mind the snow so much. I just despise driving in it. I don't necessarily mind going from, I don't know, my house to something place warm that drive takes me to a, a store and then back again. But as long as I don't have to go any farther from my front door to the car or whatever it is. As long as I don't have to drive. Unless I can go in some place that has like a, not a snowmobile, one of those snow tractors, you know, with the track, then that might be fun. Because mm -hmm. then you don't have to worry about getting stuck. Mm -hmm. Snow tractor. I hate snow. Despise it. Don't drive it in it. Because you can't see what's underneath it, and even when it's, you can't see, you don't know if it's ice or just wet. Or it, it wants to kill you. Snow wants, wants to kill, to kill you. <laughs> Snow is actively looking to kill you. <laughs> if you ski, you fall down avalanches. Snow wants to kill you. Just saying. And there's a bunch of people now laughing at me about this who grew up in the snow. And, you know, but I'm telling you, Snow wants to kill you. And, and I'm not lucky enough for it not to, so I avoid it. No, or more specifically, I'm lucky, just lucky enough for it to not kill me. Yeah, I'll be even worse than getting killed. That's it. <laughs> yeah, you know, just saying. So, so let's see. So later on in the week, we've got. Plans to have some campfire talks around the campfire. That's what she says. And that's going to be interesting. Maybe if we can get the get the get the full family members. We're just going to have to give them a microphone. They will probably won't want to come on camera because they're all camera shy. Okay. They're worse than you. Oh really? Yeah. You are. But it's right. I've got a microphone, and I can just hand people. I brought it. I have that technology. All right. Good, good. I was thinking. I was thinking. 
No, I actually came up here with all kinds of gear so we could, just in case. And you packed in one day. We packed in one day this time. Yeah, but I thought about packing for a week. Oh. So yeah, I had to so do did I. And there was a lot of the stuff, a lot of the electronic equipment and stuff, I couldn't pack until the last day anyway. Oh, okay. Because I had, a, I had stuff to do on Wednesday. And so I couldn't pack away any of my gear until after Wednesday anyway. In this particular case, I actually wasn't procrastinating. I just couldn't do it. And holy crap, my seat is hot. These things, these chairs, they're awfully cool because they've got like a, a massager. And they've got these little blue lights things, which you guys won't be able to see when I turn it on. they got like the blue LEDs or something, looks kind of like a sky. And they have a seat warmer. And apparently my finger hit the seat warmer and my butt is on fire right about now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it, this, is, this is the kind of pioneer camping that we have, the pioneer camping experience. Yeah, yeah. Hey, we don't have to worry about leaky tents or that kind of thing, but we do have to worry about our butts getting burnt because our accidentally hit the button on the chair that turns on. <laughs> no, seriously, it is warm. If it was cold in the snow, this would feel nice, but no, it's the middle of summer and it's butt warmer. I, I would move, except we're on freaking camera and I can't get up. <laughs> See, I'm a professional. <laughs> You're a trooper. <laughs> yeah, but this is, so what is it about the difference between when we first started coming, when we had that little Dinky pop up, old night. Yeah, your little dinky pop up. We couldn't sleep together. We had to sleep on opposite sides. That was some old Pullman thing my sister gave to me. It was an old. It was actually quite a nice little pop up trailer. Lots of people thought it was cool. It just needed completely refurbished. Which, of course, I don't have the ability to do. Either from a technical standpoint. Which I could learn, but from a financial standpoint, it would have cost a ton of money to redo all that canvas. Yes, it would have. Now, I suppose you could have redone it in a modern, more modern material. But what's the point of redoing something like that? And if you're going to redo that, you put the old type of canvas back in. Hmm. Or put something new on. Well, because its its charm was that it was still all original. Yes. Now, of course, sort of. It no longer had the legs to hold up the things. We had to use sawhorses. And there was all kinds of, <laughs> there was all kinds of tricks we used to make it actually work. But that was a nice little trailer, all things considered. Yes. And uh, we gave it away to a man with some small boys who wanted to uh, take his, be able to take his son's camping. So he was going to redo it. And I hope he did. Yeah, he was more mechanically inclined than we were, so, so yeah, pass on the toy, in a sense. Yes. You know, I hope he made some use of it, because that would be a good use of that old trailer. Yes, it would. So, and I think that, that would be awesome my sister would be. And she only got paid like two or three hundred dollars for it to begin with. So it's one of those things, it more than paid for itself. Yes. Its use value was far more 
than its monetary value. Yeah. It gave far more than it was valued. If you counted that on what it gave, not just you and me, but the boys and my daughter and, and then the people after us, way after it had lived its, it, oddly enough, where most people would have said it's past its useful life, but yet it found a useful life. So, so that was nice. That was nice. Yeah. That is nice. So you, and sometimes we don't think about those things. We don't think about the nice things we do for people, for the world, just because we're just doing something. You know, in a sense, it did us a favor. We got it out of our driveway. But at the other time, it, it gave value to somebody who, hopefully gave value to somebody who could actually use it. Yeah. And even if all he did was kind of fix it up a little bit and resold it, great. Found some value to it. And then he sold it to somebody who actually wanted it. We couldn't have sold it and made it. No, no. Because I could have, yeah. Anyway. But anyway, the point is, I suppose, as we come to the close of this, because we're obviously just starting to kick a dead horse because we don't have any questions to answer. Even though we could answer one question. Yes, what one question. A sibling of mine, kind of jabbering around, we were talking about, where do you find a good man? Now, we can change that to where where can you find a good partner? Now, the easy response is stop looking. Right. If you stop looking so hard, you're more likely to find one. Well, I always thought a good suggestion I read once and I always thought it was a good suggestion. Do what you love. Um, if you love picking up, if you love nature, get involved with a, uh, a nature group. If you, you know, you, there's, uh, oh, what is that called? Toastmasters. Um, where groups of people meet. So you have a wider field of prospects. Yeah, I, I don't have any good answer. But do what you love, because you're at your best. You're positive, you're happy, and... Well, there's two things. One, I always, I always say stop looking. Because one, you now you're not focused outward, you're focused inward. Uh-huh. Because when you're trying to be your best self, you will attract people who are also trying to be their best selves. And that's what you ultimately want. You want people who are independently trying to be their best selves. And then you come together and you try to help each other become your best selves. That's the goal of a functional relationship, at least I would hope. Well, if not, what's the point? What are you doing? Mm -hmm. Are you trying to make someone the person of your dreams? Or are you trying to create a dream together? Maybe the perspective is, is a little changing. And there's no right or wrong answer to this. That's the sucky thing when you're talking about relationships. No one can sit here and tell anybody else what they should do. Mm -hmm. Because the, that calculation is so complicated that 
that most people can't even do it for themselves and you expect somebody else to be able to do it. No, no, no. Spend some time in introspection. Find out what you genuinely want in life. You know, for you. Once you start becoming the best you, you will attract the best people for you. Nature works. Every action has an equal opposite reaction. You put positive things out into the world. You try to become a positive force in the world. And, you know, it'll come back. Yes, it does. Just like if you're a negative Nelly, and you're all, or you're always pushing people's buttons, you're always going to have a drama-filled life. Because you're literally creating it. And as we end, that's what these vacations do. They give you a chance to reset your perspective. Give you a chance to contemplate kind of free of the everyday pushes and pulls. You get to be separate. You get to be around. If you're like me and you're out here in a family reunion type uh, vacation, it's you get to be around people who love you, who want to be around you just because, just because you're you, flaws and all, mm. and we all have flaws, not one of us on the planet doesn't, and if you don't think you have a flaw, you haven't spent enough time in the mirror, you're not being honest with yourself, it doesn't matter what other people think your flaws are, it's what you think your flaws are. You're the judge, but you got to be honest. That's the hard thing about being a judge. All right, Lovey, do you have anything to add at the end of them? I do not. All right, then we are going to end the show. We want to thank everybody for joining us. Catch us later this week for hopefully we get some campfire chat, and we will uh, see you next week. So for me and Lovey, join us for, and for the Late Night Love family. Please remember to love everyone.